Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a special edition of the Adventures in Collecting podcast. Uh, Dave and I just wrapped with the G.I. Joe team uh, as part of a a, uh, roundtable featuring some other really great blogs from around the toy blogging world. Um, What you're about to hear is 90 minutes of G.I. Joe news and and intel, if you will. Um, You're going to hear from uh, the folks over at uh, His Tank, uh, Toy Insider, Action Figure Insider... Uh, the Full Force podcast, you're going to hear a bunch of uh, familiar voices uh, talking to Lenny and, uh, and Emily, uh, including Dave and myself. So I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to kick it over to the, the interview. Uh, yo, Joe, and enjoy. Yo, Joe! First off, uh, congratulations, guys. Thank on you. On the HasLab. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's like over 10 and a half K at the moment. So yeah, keep that going. Um, you, you guys must be really happy first and foremost, but um, I'll get stuck into the questions. Um, so my, my first question is uh, regarding the development reveals. Uh, it's going to be twofold, but obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like I'm having two questions. It's just a couple of things involved with it. So it's like I said, it's been a heck of a month full of reveals, pre-orders, the HasLab. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, you introduced the new development reveals into kind of the process for these events mm-hmm. where you kind of tell us that, you know, a couple of characters are coming each week uh, and so on and so forth. We, we didn't get two on the last one. So that was my first part is when will we find out about that and could it be on this particular roundtable? And uh, obviously the other thing attached to that is what was the, the reasoning behind that? Was there a reason you wanted to do these development reveals? Was it to kind of get ahead of leaks? That sort of thing. So yeah, um, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, sorry. I'm just messaging Lenny on the side to say which characters do we want to tell you about today. Um, Lenny, I sent you a list. You can pick which two you would like to. We told them about um, everybody but two. Have we? Then perfect. Those might be the two. Or do you want to pick different ones? We'll yeah, just, just say two random ones. Curious. <laughs> you want me to do it now? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, hold your horses. Um, the we all know it's Lightfoot and Ice Cream Soldier. We know it's both of those. So that, getting all the white. We pulled <laughs> an Ice Cream Soldier from the archives, and it's been behind us for the entire month. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Lenny, here are three more options for you. Can you send them to all of us? Each. Oh yeah, I, I, know, I know the one to tell you guys so that the community gets off my back. You're <laughs> <laughs> never gonna get off your back. Doesn't matter. <laughs> You want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. Ripper. Oh, yes. <laughs> Heck yeah. And then uh, we're going to do a, a firefly. Okay. Another okay. firefly. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And I can say that he's brand new. Brand new. Brand new sculpt everything. New parts and pieces. All nine yards. But is he lime green? That's the big question. Yes. 
All right. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not lying. He's not lying. We're not. We're not going to go with that one. Not yet. Like I said, every single GI Joe is on the table. We want to kind of like embody all those old school designs and then reiterate them into the classified world. So even the crazy beachhead with the blue blue mask on, okay, we'll My get to favorite. him. We'll get them eventually. One. I still have them. Um, we'll, we'll get to them. It's just you know, matter of time. But I think the firefly. Um, Emily, can I give details on them? No. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> well, I you never know how to handle that one. You yeah, get but, to be yeah. excited about it. I, for the record, I do have that beachhead sitting at my desk at work, and I love him. Um, but <laughs> from a like kind of a pragmatic approach to this, you know, we get really excited about the things that we're working on, and we have such a long development pipeline that, as you can tell, Lenny and I are like not the best at wanting to keep secrets about what we're working on. <laughs> And maybe we don't always put a picture of them on a birthday cake to tell you exactly what to expect. <laughs> but we think that it's, we know that our, the GI Joe fan community is so amazingly passionate about all of the projects that we're working on that we wanted to kind of share some of that joy with you as early as possible and to get you excited because we know that in all of the sessions that we do or whenever we put things up on Instagram, people are always saying, when is so-and-so coming to the classified line? And so to be able to say like, okay, you will see these characters next year in the line is really exciting. Even if we don't have like actual pictures to show you of anything yet. That's that awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And, and congratulations on a, an amazing job. So, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a great month. Also, hello guys to everyone on the, on the, on the stream. It's good to see you all again. Um, I love these events and yeah. And, and also a big shout out to Emily and Lenny for making me, um, go with them to the cinema <laughs> to watch the movie. It was amazing. So guys, no, I had so much fun. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. And just so that everybody knows, if you do have his tank centric questions that we have not approached anywhere, I did. I, I brought a friend with me for the interview. Oh, it's so pretty. Um, is, what, what are we saying for size comparisons? I really want to start doing a segment that's like, other things that are 19 inches long or like this is approximately the same size as so today's uh, approximation is french bulldog yeah yeah nice kitten, we're kitten for scale uh kitten where is it for <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put them in the turret or something if you can. Yeah. Yeah. i think it's 18 it's 18 and change but we can't say the change because the change isn't enough and then it's 12 and in and in change hi it's big it's big and I think it's one of those things where when you see it in pictures and you see the figure next to it, you're like, oh, okay. But then oh, when you you're know what we never told everybody like a this thing, it's uh the width is probably I'd say the width is like like ten inches wide, so it fits on a shelf. Like, Don't quote him on that. Yeah, hey, but that's a great cool figure. Yeah. That you have the yeah. box for. Are you kidding me? This figure's on point. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> great figure. Yeah, it'll be a little wider after the uh, the add-on that just got unlocked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I am so it, the the first. I'm not kidding when I say that the first time I saw model videos of this, I cried because we had been working so hard on this for so long, and to see like you know that moment where you know that you worked on something and it's going to be amazing. That that's the moment that we got to have with that. It was like two in the morning. Our Asia team sent videos over, and I was just like, "This is the most beautiful thing ever!" 
But it, <laughs> it was, and so discovering yeah. all of those little details, even though we we helped with all of that creation with our amazing, oh my God, HasLab team, holy smoke, they knocked it out of the park. But Lenny and I have also spent a lot of time looking at this and thinking about the features. And it's there's something so different from concepting it in your mind and like logically knowing what it is to like getting to like hold the rockets and like pull them out to extend them to like make them come out. You're like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> all right. Uh, guys, uh, I just want to, you know, we, we both want to echo, uh, Chris's, uh, sentiments. I mean, absolutely fantastic launch of this, of this, uh, this HasLab. It, you you could, I don't think it was possible to have done it any better. Um, down to the presentation video with, with Cobra Commander, uh, just the perfect way to cap off a, a, a Yojo June. So, uh, you know seriously congratulations it's a, it's it's no small feat thank you um, while, while we're on and, that compliment train by the way i just wanted to point out that although we talked about mark from haslab being yes. the, the designer for this we actually have two marks from haslab we have a plethora of marks and our other mark was our brand writer and he did he wrote all of the scripts he wrote all of the ecom copy he's writing all of the social copy for us and he spent so much time trying to get into Cobra Commander and Destro's brains to figure out <laughs> how they would react to this. And so I just yeah, wanted been, to make sure that he got lots of props for that because people have been very, yeah. very excited about it. Yeah, I've enjoyed the Instagram posts as Cobra Commander. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Dangerous headspace to get into. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely showing up in meetings, being, you know, real full of himself. Just kidding. He's like the sweetest guy ever. <laughs> so the, the for our first question is is about the his tank. So, uh, what were the determining factors that uh, that led you to go with the his tank as this first project? I mean, there are as as everyone on this call is intimately familiar with. There are a lot of different vehicles and Swamp you know Masha, and playsets, battle barge, <laughs> the flag. I mean, we could like the 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 options are just really endless. Rolling really, thunder. We should have did rolling thunder first. Um, <laughs> hey, well, listen. Now that we have this, the armadillo better be next. I'm just oh, saying. Um, just I think saying. Price, um, doability, iconic. Um, we wanted to trade off because we did a Joe last time, and we yeah. wanted to do a Cobra this time. We we frequently get accused of being very pro Cobra on this team, which we are. <laughs> but we wanted to make sure that, you know, we were we were treating both sides nicely. Yeah. Well, the, nice, the, thing, the thing with Cobra 2 is you're going to get iconic vehicles that Hasbro, like, is created from the ground up, right? So the his tank and all that. So it's like, it's kind of like our, it doesn't fly, but it's like our TIE fighter in a lot of ways. So it's like, it's kind of got brand recognition. Like, everybody knows the headlights. Everybody knows that silhouette. And that kind of played a lot into the design too. So my role was more like a licensor on this. So it was like this weird kind of like, not weird, but really cool experience to work with other people who got embraced the brand. But it was like, we, it's classified. So we're walking this line of like, how much do you upgrade? How much do you not? Like in particular, the going doors, like we had a very, very long conversation with going doors. And I liked them. You guys notice I like change. Um, but then at the same time, like, but do other people like change? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but I think from an, like, we had to keep it iconic looking to the point earlier. So from a design standpoint, the choices come from all those things I just mentioned earlier. 
And then because it's classified, what do you do to it to make it classified but not alienate or, or change it so much with people? It's like, that's not a his thing. And for those, I feel like I can say this because I'll be the one who gets in trouble if I say it, but for those of you who may not care for change, you'll probably really like unlock number two that will be revealed relatively soon. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Noodle hmm. on that one. Um, but yeah, I think that it's, it's been so much fun to kind of watch this come to life and that it is, it is truly an iconic vehicle. And as Lenny said, it is very ownably GI Joe. We wanted to go out with something that you couldn't, there's no way that you're going to find, uh, like a, a non IP or a non branded version of this that's out there somewhere. This is not a generic tank. This is a, this is a, this tank. Um, and so I think that that was, that was really fun for us to get to say, this is something that nobody has, um, which has been amazing. I mean, Emily, I have one it's sitting on my kitchen table, but you know, Emily, can <laughs> we mention, can, can we mention some of the, um, the, the candidates that didn't, that didn't make it or, or is that too much information? No, I would not say the candidates that didn't make it because then they'll, we'll give away the game. Oh, true. <laughs> but I appreciate you. But I will say one of the things that we are considering is, as we mentioned, in terms of width of this thing, we want to make sure that the the vehicles that we are growing to classified scale are reasonable for you to have in your homes. I've commented. I love people's enthusiasm for USS flags. I really do. <laughs> but like a classified flag, we did some numbers it would be like 20 feet long and I could stand inside of it. That is not reasonable. That is like a tiny house. Yeah. And we ran the numbers on a, on a basic one, like not basic, an original one. And like, dude, inflation, <laughs> like not even, not even current inflation, not even this crazy world we live in before that we had run some numbers on it. And it's like, it's not 1983 anymore. Like it, it doesn't pass any current QA standards. We'd have to redesign it from the ground up to make sure that if you stepped in the middle of it, the whole thing wouldn't collapse. You, you have know? to be able to surf on it. Yeah, <laughs> which could also be fun. But it, so I think there's <laughs> there are elements of realism that we are looking for with our with our choices, and it's not just necessarily a. It's not like this is exactly two times bigger than the the original hiss. Oh, I could actually. I have a his three on my bookshelf. I can go get them and show them to you side by side so you can actually yeah. see what it's the actually, three quarter one looks like. It's interesting. The his tank scale, it's actually not doubled. It's it's a little more than double. I know that it sounds weird because the three and three quarter inch figures to then go up to a six inch scale, but Duke is 6.3 inches tall. So that's our base figure height for males. And then the his tank drivers, like I mentioned to you guys when we were designing them, I was like, I wanted to be a big dude because of some of the stuff we were reading that like they're brawlers. So they're actually, they're actually about the size of bazooka. Bazooka is like six, five and change. So it fits bigger than that. So it fits, I don't, don't, I'm not going to say who it fits, but because I'm not sure what the answer is, but it does fit bigger characters than bazooka. I so, wanted to make sure that you had the, the opportunity to really have anybody driving it that you wanted to. Yep. But it won't fit everybody but it will fit larger characters. And I, I think too, that one of the things that's, that's interesting about this, because prior to the, the launch of any kind of HasLab and, you know, obviously the discussion of vehicles have, has been forefront, you know, since the launch of the line, I know like a lot of people were saying, you know, like, Oh, a his tank that would, you know, that could potentially fly at retail. And I think now that we're seeing how big a his tank would actually be, 
it gives us collectors a frame of reference of like, okay, so this is too big for retail. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, now we know in, you know, kind of in the GI Joe canon and the existing, you know, vehicles, we know the ones that are smaller, how they kind of could potentially fit into, you know, future situations. And we're, we're studying it too, right? It's like classified. If we make a classified vehicle that is scaled and priced, but not built right, that's not a classified vehicle. Right. So like the his tank, it's built right. Like GI Joe's have always been built right. Yeah. I remember this, the sandwich from back in the day, but even that was done in a engineering intelligent way to keep the cost right, but at the same time, make the quality high. So we want to maintain that. It's kind of like part of brand tenants. So we don't want to just like make something dumbed down so we can get it for a price. I feel like that's not the right thing to do. We should make a high quality product rather than a, um, you know, like, dumbed down vehicle if you would and i think even there's to in my mind gi joe products are and i mean many many other toys are too designed very purposefully where there are reasons why each of these things are kind of done but in my mind the difference between like say a Haslab and say maybe a cheaper vehicle that you would be able to buy at mass is that Haslabs are really collector pieces they are beautiful they are dream items and odds are you are not going to be driving your 299.99 his tank up and down your driveway because you want to play with it in the dirt. Not usually what you do with I mean, I mean, power to you. you speak for yourself. I mean, that's challenge, what you accepted. Do. challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge accepted. But I think that there's, you know, how I'll be playing with Justin's 299.99 his tank <laughs> in the mud. Perfect. Come on over anytime. <laughs> I think that there is. There's, um, to me, there's, there is a difference between like, what are, what are higher end collectors items like the His Tank and what are things that are made for kind of crash and bash play. And I mean, this would stand up to crash and bash play. I just don't know if you want to spend this much money on it and then run it into walls or let your children run it into walls. You can run it into walls. No judgment for what you like to do with your toys in your spare time. You can do whatever you would like. (laughs) Dustin, that's it for our first question. All right. 30 minutes later, on to the next person. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's see. On this list over here, Jaron, you are next. Hello, Jaron, with Anything Joe's. Um, it's great to finally get with you guys. It's been phenomenal to see how you have uh, kind of joined the brand and ushered in a new era of Joe. It's been phenomenal. Um, I guess going along with the HasLab, this being the first Joe HasLab, um, I know that the HasLab team's been very busy doing other things. It's been the first classified, sorry, HasLab. Mm-hmm. Do you guys go into it with a price point in mind and think, okay, well, how packed in can we get this? How, how many things can we do with this price point in mind? Or do you go into it with a, let's design this crazy cool thing and we'll work out numbers and kind of go from there? Yeah, I think that we went into this with a little bit of both as a mindset. So, you know, the, like when Unicron came out and when the sale barge came out, like those were enormous items with huge price tags, but those, those lines had established collectors who there were items that weren't necessarily that high a price point, but they had kind of tested the waters to see like, okay, these Transformers collectors, Star Wars collectors will buy those two, $300 items if they are dream items. With mm-hmm. classified series, because we are such a baby line, we don't have 
anything like that, guys. Like this is, so this was something that was totally new to us. So we wanted to make sure that for classified, we weren't going out of like our first, our first foray into this was not like a $500, $600, (laughs) like gigantic, spectacular sort of thing. We wanted to keep it a little bit more reasonable. And especially considering that his tanks are first and foremost troop builder vehicles, we didn't want it to be, it is expensive, I will admit, but it's not prohibitively expensive. It's not like saying one of these will be $1,000, but if you want your army, it's really going to be $5,000, you know? And so I think that keeping that kind of price point in mind, we were able to kind of think about what size vehicles we'd be able to scale up at that price point to make them to be able to make them in a way that felt purposeful and beautiful and detailed. We didn't want to half-ass anything, I guess, if for lack of a better term. Sorry, Whitney, for saying that. But like, I think that it, we wanted to make sure that we were proud of the work that we were doing and that we felt good about this and that we thought that all of you in the Joe community would also feel good about this. Does that seem okay, Lenny? It seems right on the money. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, also, I want to call out that ladder inlaid on the side. The red ladder is beautiful. Absolutely. One of my favorite pieces. I know it's something small, but that little touch with the contrast, absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. You guys. Yeah, that was, are, uh, there is a ladder on both sides. Perfect. Even better. So part of that design came from, I forget the type of helicopters they were looking at as inspiration, um, but it was kind of like, you know, the guy's got to get in and out. And when we were working together, it was like the goal. So the reason why I was like, you know what? Yes, the go. We're doing the going doors yes. because um, we, when we talk about classified, when we put the greeble and all that on them, we're like, what do they use as a soldier or as a military or a scientist, whatever their role is? Then we thought about the same thing with the his tank driver. It's like they got to get in and out of that thing. So do they have to open the canopy every time, or maybe there's a quicker way to get into it? And that's and then also Mark was very um, like, there's a lot of this empty space. It's like, what is this empty space for? Right. And he's like, I'm like, well, I mean, I think it was just a design element they did back in the day. And he's like, we got to use that empty space. And because again, because I kept on telling him, like, make it real, make it feel like it's real. And he goes, okay, well, if it was real, it'd probably be a ladder on the side so the guy can get it in and out. He's not going to climb up on the treads. So Mark basically built that design out of that. Um, he actually, something to note, we're going to be putting like textures and mold etching on that too. So it feels a little less toy. So there'll probably be like a texture to it at the end of the day. So really cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, Fran, I'm going to call on you next because your outlet is called his tank. So I just feel like you shot, you probably should have been first, but <laughs> <laughs> you're up, Fran. Hey, what's going on guys. What's up, dude? Thanks for having the, uh, having me in the meeting. Uh, congratulations. You know, the fans are going crazy. We're loving it. Um, there's been a lot of like, you know, clarification questions floating around about the Ron Brudat figure. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody wants to know whether that will be included with each purchase or you just get one. Just a clarification of, of that. Great question. So you will get as many Ron Rudat figures as you have purchased tanks. So each tank order will come with a his tank driver and now a Ron Rudat Cobra his tactician figure. Um, we know that um, pictures of Ron's color studies were posted on his tank. Thanks, Fran. Oh, they were? Cool. And that, 
Um, yeah, they're uh, we we love them. We think that they're right. really fun. Um, <laughs> they were published in one of Dan's books, so pretty well known in the community. If you've looked through those books, but we will be posting those on social. Let's say by uh, next Monday, we'll give ourselves oh, a little. Ron's were posted, not mine. No, Ron's were posted, not Lenny's. Oh, so yeah, we'll be posting like, oh. on, on our social <laughs> channels. Will be Lenny's versions of. Ron's color studies made into classified figures. Oh. Everybody can get to see what those look like. So how we gave everybody two figures with the tank for 300 is what yeah. it really boils down to. Yeah, right. exactly. And so the, and so what you'll see is with the, um, sorry, I'm just getting so many messages on the side. Um, so what you'll end up seeing is those six different color studies. And then after the campaign finishes, we will all take a vote. So everybody who has backed a his tank will get to take a vote and pick which one you think should be made into the figure. And then the figure that wins the vote will be made into the actual classified figure. Okay, great. I just, I think everybody was just curious whether you were just getting one figure with, you know, if you ordered five, you only got one, or if you ordered five, you actually got one with each tank. Yes, that's a great clarification. And so the way that we're going to do it is basically everything is going to come in a gigantic box and they will be packed in with each individual box. And okay. then, oh, what was I going to say? And it, um, it does not matter when you back in the campaign now because we have already hit funding. So everybody who backs over the entire course of the campaign will get the figure. So basically, base offering now is the two figures and the tank, plus you get the cool unlock one mounted side rockets. Is Ron Rudat doing the art for just the box of the figure or is he doing the art for the entire his tank? So he will be doing the box for specifically the Cobra his tactician box. So like right. the, the individual figure box. So one of the things that we wanted to do, because we know that a lot of G.I. Joe collectors have, have their boxes out, whether it's artwork spine out or numbers spine out, we really wanted to make sure that you would be able to kind of capture the, the, the extra specialness of the campaign by having all of the figures come in boxes. Um, they will, so they will be individually numbered in the classified series sequence. They will be a, one of the figures in the box will be a special number in the classified series sequence to encourage people to acquire. If they are completionists, they will be sad if they miss out on this figure. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. I have a lot more questions, but I'm sure someone else wants to go and get back to me in a couple yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll get to everybody at least twice. Um, let's go with Jeremy. Hey guys, just want to say congratulations again like everybody else did. Um, going back to the tactician figure, um, I actually wanted to ask about that. How did you guys settle on making that um, an exclusive week-long window. Um, how involved was Ron in ch like choosing that figure? And do you think that offering that week incentive really lit the fire under people to get it funded as fast as possible to make sure they get that figure? Um, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> that, that adds a lot of incentive. I mean, if there's, you know, if you have seven weeks to back something and you think to yourself, oh, I mean, well, I could back it on day 44, but then I only get one figure in a tank or I could back it now. It still won't charge my credit card until the very end of the campaign. And I get two figures. I mean, it worked out pretty well for us, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Um, so I think that it was 
it was about trying to find something that we thought would be a compelling offering, something that would be unique and interesting. We approached Ron um, to see if he would be willing to work with us on the project kind of after the direction had been decided. Um, but he is, he's so sweet. It's so much fun to hear him tell stories about what designing on the line was like back in the day, or we had, um, we brought in a bunch of classified figures with us and was like, okay, I designed this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. Oh, and like 175 other characters that you know and love at X, Y, and Z. So he's, he is an absolute encyclopedia of GI Joe knowledge. And we are so lucky that we get to, to work with him. Got anything else, Lenny? Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about time. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I'm sorry. If you feel like I covered it, I apologize. Oh, I think you did. I think you did. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, it was like I said in the stream, uh, I think for me, it's just like a personal thing. Like this, this dude literally like designed all the Joes I played with, like between the run of when I was a kid and like, you know, growing up and like when I was 18 to 24 years old in school and stuff, I didn't know who Ron Rudat was. And then when I got more into it and became a designer, I'm like, holy crap. And then I get to meet him. It was kind of like, I don't get starstruck because I feel like it's weird to do to people, but I was a little like starstruck talking to him, right? Because I'm like, this guy literally, like unbeknownst to him, inspired somebody to want to do this for a living, right? So it was like, it was kind of, it was to, to uh, something how Emily would say it, it was precious. It was a precious <laughs> moment and it was awesome. It was very cool. So for me, it was more of like a personal thing. Right? It was like, wow, like this, this is the guy that like, maybe want to do this thing. So it was cool. Awesome. Cool. All right. Then uh, next up, uh, Matt, if you're ready. I am. Hey guys, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, like everyone said, congrats. Uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome to have it already funded and already in the stretch goals this quickly. And it was kind of talked about a little bit earlier about, you know, going in with a mindset of trying to find a balance between iconic and, and, and a price point and trying to find, scale and all those things as far as price point goes because it is kind of a, a popular topic with like what people can afford and was there something like a particular item on the tank or in its development that you kind of had to kind of refine and change up kind of due to that price like maybe you had you know wants to to make it bigger or different uh expand it and you kind of just had to rein those in because you you had that particular mindset in mind like you were trying to keep it at a certain price yes <laughs> <laughs> how specific can there was something in it that we like no uh it's there's <laughs> so i will be i'll be purposefully vague about this but <laughs> what we had originally designed we would have had to charge like six hundred dollars for um it was it was like it was decked out to the nines. It was, um, it was, uh, very fun. Um, but that being said, I think that it was really important to us that we did keep that in a kind of more reasonable costing cost place for this kind of first HasLab for GI Joe. And that now that we know that there is, there's more appetite for vehicles like this, there's also opportunities to do smaller vehicles for the line. There's opportunities to do bigger vehicles for the line. And I, so I think that this is really having this as basically proof to take to leaders at Hasbro to say, like, look, man, like, I, that's obviously how I would talk to somebody high up at Hasbro. Like, look, man, look, man. Look, 
look at how we get on this um, is I think it's a, a huge credit to the GI Joe community for making this happen. And I think will directly result in us having a lot more leeway to do other projects like this in the future. Yeah. I think to add from a, not telling you what we did, but to say where the philosophy went, it was, what are people going to do with it? Right. So it's like, we had a lot of conversations like, what are you going to do with this large vehicle? It's because this is, this is not apples to apples with Galactus and the Sentinels. Like we know what you're going to do with that, like posing and, and playing and all that. Right. So it's just like, what are you going to do with this guy? So then that helped us determine the final feature set. If that, if that helps kind of give where, where our brains were at, we're like, well, it doesn't and need this, do, but it needs this. And we do fun lab testing on, on projects like this. So we do bring fans in and say like, Hey, what, if we did a project like this, what, how would you rank these features? What would you be most excited about? What would, what in this list would not necessarily appeal to you? And so that kind of combined with what we were seeing in development helped to inform ultimately what the feature set of the vehicle was. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Hey folks. How you doing? Thanks very much for uh, inviting me to the show. And uh, again, as everybody else has said, congratulations on the success of the HasLab. It's been pretty amazing to watch. Um, you know, not just how quickly it funded, but that it was the quickest to fund is uh, it's it's a credit to you guys. Um, so I think I kind of I kind of want to touch on something that uh, Lenny you sort of brought up earlier in this conversation, and actually connects a little bit to your your comments about releasing a, a Firefly figure. And sort of as the line has evolved into what it is now, there's obviously been sort of an aesthetic shift in GI Joe Classified, where we're looking more towards the vintage designs and a little bit further away from some of the modern elements that it started with. Um, and I, you know, obviously I think that's the right choice because it, you know, that has kind of coincided with a surge in popularity and success of things like the Sistank HasLab. But do you envision that there's a very scenario when you might revisit some of those more modern elements? And you know, thinking of the Firefly, I was really a big fan of that original Firefly release, but you know, it sounds like maybe you guys are going back to the well on that a little bit, but do you think there's ever an avenue where some of those modern elements might again make a return. Um, I mean, from my personal perspective, I absolutely fell in love with that modern storm shadow that was revealed on GIJO.com and it never ended up coming to light. So just kind of curious about, um, from a design perspective, if you see an avenue to, to bring any of that, those elements back into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, so one thing with the more classic look, like we were celebrating the 40th anniversary. So we were kind of peeling it back a little bit with the tech. Right. So it's like the 40th anniversary was rolling in. So it's like, okay, let's design a little closer to the original design. We definitely want to continue to push the design, go back a little bit to push the designs a little bit further, but ground them a little bit more. In the original kickoff of GI Joe Classified, we were in the mindset of trying to grab a new consumer as well. So like getting in, into a younger consumer base as with the high-tech details and stuff like that. Also, we were playing with missions. We knew we didn't want to start off with super classic designs because the mission at hand was dealing with Destro and this new tech and we were kind of creating a narrative. Um, so I think going into 22, whatever year we're in, because our schedules are all wacky, <laughs> um, we went more classic because of the fourth anniversary. I think we're going to stay more rooted. I'm not going to say that we're going to be 100% classic match the um, amount of pins or details on an old school figure, but 100% drawing more from the old school figure than we did in the past. 
Um, you know, like there are certain types of way, way pants are worn, like the way somebody wears pants today as they wore them like 40 years ago that we're going to take in consideration. Like, would you like, so stuff like that will be probably most likely modernized, not in all cases though, because certain characters like certain characters can't touch like Mindbender. I think Mindbender is a really good example. Like couldn't touch Mindbender. <laughs> like yeah. we, made the, we actually did. We did one update to Mindbender where we put a little bit of tech on his monocle and we did that because from a engineering standpoint, we needed to create a better peg for purchase on the face. So we, by making a more kind of like squared out kind of like tech piece, we were able to make a squared out piece on his face, which then connected it to the head. And it's discreet enough where it doesn't really mess with that old school feel. So I think a long story short, really is we want as long to do, as you didn't touch the cod piece lenny that's the main thing oh, <laughs> it's pristine He's all made okay. up. do you um, not touch but, the cod piece thank you. <laughs> the, 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 i think the point i'm trying to make is like we definitely are hearkening more grounded we definitely want to push it a little bit because i think the brand deserves that i think the brand deserves to have design mm-hmm. and and not just iterating what was done in the past it's being inspired by it and i feel like the line has always done that like when I was a kid, all the different iterations of all the different characters, and then every time a new designer touched it, they put so much more, like, n- not that so much more, but they 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 were inspired by those before, so they pushed it to another another place. And I think that's what gives it so much life. We don't get stuck in mm-hmm. one aesthetic. We keep on going. However, classified, we know that there's a lot of love for some of these old school aesthetics, so we need to keep them. But at the same time, there's... We're, we're learning as we read comments and read a lot of criticism, uh, <laughs> how to do it, how to, how to get it there. You know, we're going to miss sometimes, but we're really trying to like swing for the fence every time. So um, I feel like I'm rambling at this point, but yes. And yes. And no, we are going to push, but we are going to stay grounded a little bit more. Makes sense. And I think that there's, as Lenny was mentioning, it's, it's a constant evolution on GI Joe. We are not the same exactly the same brand as we were in the sixties or the eighties or the nineties or even 10 years ago. And I think that that is one of the really beautiful things about GI Joe is that it keeps it's, it kind of is a reflection of whatever the modern lens is. Which yeah, is great. It's a like more futuristic version of a modern lens. Yes, it is a fashion brand, which all I want are like shoe packs for GI Joe figures. I want them to come with bare feet and I want to have like 20 different pairs of shoes that they can wear. <laughs> um, so that's the dream. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. And now, back to the show. Hey, joining the congrats party. Uh, just echoing what Alban said before. It's been an awesome, uh, going on about 36 hours now. <clears throat> Kicking in on this his thing. So I'm going to skip over most of that. Um, though, on the Pro Cobra note, Emily, I was going to ask, you know, the, the mailer box you guys sent us had the Baroness front and center, had uh, Cobra Commander on the left, but only had Scarlet on the front. Then you go His Tank, 40th anniversary, but it's all about Cobra. So we do like Cobra, not going to lie. We, we won't we won't lie to you at this point. We do really like Cobra. They we have the coolest outfits, guys. They're crazy. They have amazing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a villain thing. But uh, so let's veer off it. Let's veer off of the hiss for a second and kind of continue a conversation that we've had earlier this year. Um, 
about the ongoing rollout of the plastic-free packaging. And the reason I'm going into this is because we know from our readership at Toy Book and Pop Insider, the stuff we've already posted about plastic-free packaging has become evergreen. So many people are interested in this. And uh, earlier this month, I was actually at the Astra Marketplace and Academy, which is all of the independent toy stores, some of which are stocking classified along with other Hasbro 6-inch products. And uh, retailers were specifically asking about the plastic-free initiatives. And uh, what I'm curious about is, has there been any feedback to you guys over the past couple months that has uh, sort of evolved into any inline changes looking forward as you're building out your plastic-free model um, based on consumer concern? Because retailers seem very concerned about having to retrain their customers. Um, but on the flip side, there's also an added bonus, which it seems like a lot of e-tailers are interested in having packages without the windows on them. Um, how has it evolved since we last spoke two, three months ago? Yeah, I think that with all things, it is kind of a continuing evolution of learning and processes on all of the brands. And that on one of the things that we think that it's an amazing opportunity for on GI Joe is to get to try something new and to really have that. We, I, we love the really cool classified series artwork that our team has been creating, getting to highlight so many artists. And I know that I've said this again, but you know, having that many artists with that many different art styles really kind of gets to highlight the diversity of the G.I. Joe universe. And so for me, I love getting to see more of that on art and then, or more of that on package. And then you actually get to see the full poster instead of kind of the cutout that used to be on the side of pack. I think it's also interesting from a, a layout perspective in that it's it was a challenge to us. We wanted to figure out how to turn this this change into something that consumers would be excited about and so that was kind of our logic behind doing we have the the weapons cash boxes now that all of our accessories come in so that you end up with these boxes that have everybody's name and everybody's numbers and they change color for the factions and that that becomes kind of a, a bonus with that we've been printing all of that tissue paper with the logos to make it more of kind of a special unboxing experience um, so I think that continuing kind of down those learnings to figure out what people are responding well to, what people are not responding as well to, um, that we could potentially implement any kind of changes on in the future. Hi, everybody. Uh, again, congratulations on, you know, not only the success of the His Tank, but your debut on the silver screen uh, recently. That's very... Thank you. It was... Very, uh, not going to lie, that was a really, really weird moment for us. So we went... Uh, Chris was in our theater with us. And so there were maybe 15 people that we knew from work plus Chris and like uh, maybe six people sitting kind of behind our group. And Lenny and I walked into the theater halfway through when our video was on and everybody who worked with us went, ah, look at it. <laughs> so they all whipped their phones out. Right. And then we also, I was looking around and everybody behind them who I did not know also whipped their phones out and it was a really weird moment. And then one of our, our photographer, Matt, texted us and he was like, hey guys, this just showed up on a G.I. Joe fan group on Facebook and it was a picture of me and Lenny standing in the movie theater that somebody we didn't know had taken. And I'm it hoping was, it was Fred, 
our, our sculptor was there with a, a oh. one of Corey's sculptors that he manages was there. So I'm hoping it was Fred. Yeah. No. Fred really hoping <laughs> it was one of the other really wonderful people that we ended up meeting later that evening. But holy smokes, was that a weird experience for me? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, I totally interrupted you. Please continue. I was very excited. <laughs> no, no, that's great. I love it. Uh, so you know, I think we're we're a little more than three years into the the HasLab experience, uh, and we have seen some that have moved forward and some that have not. Uh, as you guys are putting together a program like this, uh, sort of, how, you know, what are the what are the learnings you've had from the other ones? How much of that uh, creation comes from you guys? How much of it kind of comes from the HasLab teams? Uh, and just kind of what are the learnings that you you have from success or failure of other ones that you guys wanted to make sure were kind of baked into this so it would be as successful as possible? It's interesting this time around because the hiss and some of the ones coming up are the first Haslabs to not be done by each brand team. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Emily, it was kind of born out of like Haslabs take a lot of work. Like take a, a lot, lot of, work. of yeah. work. Like the Sky Striker, even though it is like a replica creation, it does have updates and it has a lot of engineering that has to happen. And it was all new tooling. So it wasn't like we were just pulling 40-year-old tools and like polishing them and calling it a day. So the engineer and I at the time, it took, I would say, from a resource standpoint of our time, it might have, it started taking close to 50% of our time. And a classified figure takes a lot of love. Um, So I think, I think the company from a whole saw that and it was like the resource spend is actually, it's, it's going to damper some of the some of the brand team's uh, threshold. I'm the only designer on GI Joe, so like if my time gets taken away from a from a special project, it's a lot. And then a special project that they run the risk of not make. We run the risk of not making these things. So it could have been fifty percent of my time spent, not followed through on. So I think that was a. It's almost like a like a project management thing where they're like, we need to do something about this so it works out. Um, but then I think because of our work on other hazards, I've worked on Unicron, I worked on Sky Striker, uh, I worked on this one, and I feel like I had my toes in other ones because just you know being around. Um, but um, we learned. I, I learned a lot from a design standpoint of just reading comments and then reading comments from other teams and stuff. Because if you didn't notice anything about Emily and I, we're obsessed with our jobs. So seeing what the other brands are doing and stuff like that to kind of take that in like a sponge and then learn. And then from experience learned from other campaigns that we have done ourselves, um, it, it, we, I think we applied it here. And it was really cool that like the team could focus on making the thing and we can like kind of like be like, hey, this is the, the problems we ran into or some of the pitfalls that we want to help you avoid so that you don't have to deal with that. So you can focus on the on the, the thing, because what's important here is the product, right? Like. You know, like I'm a workaholic, but like, like, so for me, I'm like product, 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 product. But at the end of the day, like people's time is important too. Right. So it's like the fact that the way it played out the way it did, we've learned a lot and we've learned how to manage that, like people resourcing. And then some of the, um, I want to say issues that can come up on a product that might not even happen. And it could like really damage uh, productivity of other products. But I think that it also, that speaks to kind of the commitment of Hasbro to the HasLab process. 
and how excited we get that we do want to have basically a team that is dedicated to working on these larger scale projects so that they can be done they can be done thoughtfully and they can be done thoroughly. And like Lenny said, these take a ton of time. And if you're trying to also manage an entire product line, it becomes a lot. And so having a team that is really focusing on these and other special projects is, I mean, it's really special to be able to be part of that. Yeah. And also, there's animatronic items at Hasbro that that's the designer's project. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how much work goes into some of these single items. Right. And if you even look at like um, consumer product industry, like it is a team of designers work on one item. So it's definitely having a HasLab team come in and like focus it like it's it's huge from a resource management standpoint. I bet. Yeah. Right. That was a boring answer. But <laughs> no, I love it. I love the I appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. All right. Brett, your turn. Thank you. I'll repeat what everyone says. Congrats on the fantastic launch. Um, kind of similar to what the the last question is, is, can you go into maybe some of the details as to like what some of those specific lessons you've learned from the past as labs? And the other would be is, you know, it's, it's a different team, but is the process different in developing the product? Um, so in terms of, so maybe Lenny, I'll do lesson and you'll do process. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> So I think that in one of the lessons that we have learned is to really kind of take on the GI Joe team personally is to really take a look with a a fine tooth comb about making sure that the items that we are doing are dream items. So moving forward, we want these to be items that you can't necessarily go out and buy on eBay that maybe have not been re-released before that these are these are truly special things that are unique opportunities that when you see it, you go, oh my God, I can't not have that. Because the number of comments that we saw where people finally saw this his tank model and they all went, oh my God, I wasn't going to buy that, but I can't not buy that. That is exactly the feeling that we are trying to give everybody who sees these HasLab projects. That's going to be my lesson learned. Lenny for process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, process wise. Um, I think in general, it was different here too, because like I mentioned, like it wasn't us that was doing the, I mean, I did the figure, but, um, it wasn't me that was doing the design work of the his tank itself. Also different. We actually, we designed a his tank about three years ago. Uh, we were like, I want to make a his tank. And I was like, I asked my director time, like, can I do a his tank? And he's like, yeah, dude, make a his tank. Be sweet. So we did one and it just, there was no plans. Do you ask him in that voice? Uh, that's how I talk. That's actually my okay. real. Voice. I'm talking that's to you in a, in a business <laughs> right now. <laughs> hey, man. Um, anyways, but um, so we had gone through a lot of like, like what we thought would be cool and all that sort of thing. So this is a little different animal where like we've always had it as a dream. Um, but with that in mind, so having had some background of actually doing a design study, uh, working with another team to do it, it was really cool actually, because it was like, I could take a step back a little bit and like, kind of like see the forest for the trees. Is that how that term goes? And kind of see where uh, a designer is kind of like doing the whole process and then coming in as the the classified GI Joe expert to kind of be like, okay, so here's where we can go when we can't go. And then learning where to kind of let things happen for a little bit. And then from a critical eye, see what the consumer needs and that's a lot of time from a design standpoint, how we kind of approach things. It's like, what is needed 
by the consumer and, and, and then what is going to um, benefit the brand. So keep making this cool stuff. Um, so it was interesting. It was, it was a very cool um, collaborative process. Really, like we keep on calling us, it's like the happy family. <laughs> like we really, we, I love that team. I was like, can you make all my vehicles? <laughs> I was like, wasn't his jobs earlier. Um, but I hope that answers it. But I think it was a lot of like collaboration and then always kind of putting the needs of the consumer in mind when we made design decisions. Um, so, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, last one on the first pass is Scott. Hey, guys. Uh, I, again, I can't say enough about the His Tank HasLab project. One, it's a dream come true to see such a big vehicle get reimagined. But the how amazingly it looks and the fact that you guys hit like your literally your first stretch goal hey, let's get 8,000. You didn't mean 8,000 tonight, but we took it so seriously. We made it happen. Um, it really blows me out of the water how, how well it was received and makes me uh, even more like giddy thinking like, well, if we could fully fund that in a day, what will you give us next? Like, <laughs> what are your thought processes? They're like, well, they, they seem to be very hungry. How hungry? Well, we're completely funded and uh, we've already opened a stretch goal. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't quite expected for the day. You guys, we got a week, we can hit this in a week, but to hit it in an amount of hours before the sun went down is gotta be something spectacular to feel on your side. And Emily, I think I'll, I'll let you feel, feel a lot of this, but I think something to note, like we really approached this modestly. Like we wanted to make a, vehicle that was obtainable for the collector consumer and it fulfilled a need because like I, I think i mentioned in the stream where i was like this starts building the world like our whole goal was to make the classified gi joe world and like if you play with it or if it's just on your shelf as, a, as like a set piece it's an instant set piece especially when you turn it around you can put you can put troops inside of it and all that but like between the price point its features all the details which kind of led to the needs of the consumer um, we wanted to make a fair product that was quality, which, so that's where the price point and all the features and all that kind of like, kind of like sync together. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's the caveat to think about, like when we're making stuff and what we could make in the future. So Emily, you want to add on to that or? I feel like that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Unless anything else specific that we'd like to know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, for one, I, with it being a HasLab project, it means you have to back it to get it. You're not going to get it any other way, which then leads us to a lot of, like, sadness that we won't get a crimson his tank. And, of course, that's on a lot of our uh, grail lists for collectors. But the fact that we have a black one, and, well, we should, certainly would love to have a red one to go with the black one. Um, you know, I mean, just throwing it out there. So what I will say is that you won't ever <laughs> see this his tank again. That doesn't necessarily mean that what you that you will never see any other iterations of his tanks in the future. So I just I bought you a cat toy. Give me your address. You just got a cat toy. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say 
they, you know, <laughs> ever say uh, there have been so many different iterations of different GI Joe products and that everybody, depending <laughs> on, you know, when you started playing with GI Joe, you have a different nest tank that you fell in love with. That was the one that you were playing with. And so we really do want to kind of continue appealing to as many of those different groups as possible. So just because we are doing a black one for the HasLab does not mean that you will not eventually see other colorways potentially in the future. Don't quote me on that. The septic tank is coming is what you're saying. Septic tank is coming. I love the Warriors. Oh, what a phenomenal line of just weird products. Um, We had a long conversation about that, by the way. The whole like, there are a lot of types of his tanks. And it like was a long, it was like, I can't say much, but it was a very long conversation back and forth. Cause it was like, you have to consider that like, you know, so I won't say more, but it was a long conversation. <laughs> Scott, well, are you inside of a his tank right now? Sorry. Uh, yeah, yes, I am. Actually, I'm driving my own his tank uh, currently. Um, you know, it's a, it's second hand. Uh, I bought it from a dreadnought uh, with a handshake deal. But uh, yes, the lights don't work either. Uh, no, no. <laughs> second hand hiss is a really good band name. <laughs> we are second hand um, hiss. <laughs> I'm in if you're in, Lenny. Yeah, right, I'm in. <laughs> um, I'm I'm glad to hear about two more figures that we have coming all, coming along in the pipeline. Um, Dreadnought Ripper, of course, we're really happy with Zartan that we've gotten. I just keep buying it. I don't care how many Zartans you throw at me. I'm going to keep <laughs> buying that guy. Um, but to get an additional Dreadnought now, and, and here it's Ripper. Uh, I can't wait to tell Neil Ross that he's finally getting his classified figure. <laughs> we got to um, get in. They're, they're very important to the world, right? So Dreadnoughts are, I love Dreadnoughts. Just out of interest, with the development reveals, are we allowed to say that now, or are you guys do you guys plan to drop that information like in like a in a different way? Oh, I mean, we'll probably end up posting it on social eventually, but you guys are welcome to say it. That's fine. Cool. Thank you very much. Right now, there's a fury of thumbs on Twitter. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm really almost at a loss because. So many other people have already said like some of the great things that I wanted to say about this project. Um, with it being a troop builder, do you think that was one of the reasons to, for the success of the HasLab his tank? Because a lot of guys that I know were like, "Yeah, I bought two, three, five tanks." Like you know, they wish they really went all in with numbers per HasLab that we probably haven't seen since like Sentinel. Yeah, I absolutely do because we we do see, and I think that at the beginning of the line, we may have underestimated uh, the GI Joe community's dedication to troop building because holy smokes, like I see it, like armies of alley vipers and bats and ninjas, and it's so cool to see what is basically like this this collection that people have put together. Yeah. So I do think that that factored in because. It's, it's something that we thought was really special and we wanted to get to bring that on a bigger scale too. A fan sent me a picture of 20 bats stacked and he said, halfway done. Perfect. I was like, my dude, my dude, my wife would kill me 
if I bought that many figures in one shot. <laughs> you just gotta buy I mean, one every 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 paycheck or something. You know, yeah, you gotta you gotta be you gotta be sly about it, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> I I personally know more people than I have fingers that have hundreds of of bats and alley vipers and vipers and cobra soldiers, hundreds. And it's flattering to see it. Like it's like we as a team, like we put a lot into it. So see that it's like and see that's bringing joy to a lot of people. Like that's it's the best like payback for like the work we do. It's really cool. All right, everyone, not to jump in here, but we are running low on time, and I'd love to get people oh, a chance to ask sorry, another guys. question as fast as we can. So it's gonna start at the top again. And um, Chris, do you want to ask a quick question? I'm multitasking and trying to get information out at the same time as doing the question. Yes, I would love to ask another question. Thank you very much, Dustin. Um, okay, so um, coming back a little, well, we've kind of talked a lot about the HasLab, so I might I might push that off a little bit for this other question. Um, I know we've had so much product shown off and up for pre-order over the last month, and it, this just sounds really greedy, um, but what, <laughs> what will the frequency of live events look like for the rest of the year? Because I'm thinking Yojo July, Yojo August, September, 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 Yojo October Guard, Yojo November, and of course, Yo Ho Ho Joe Christmas. Uh, that way, you can be doing live events every week uh, for this the rest man of the is year. Powerful. This man Round is of powerful. applause for Chris on that one. Round of applause. Round of applause. The well dad done. puns. You just you just blasted out a bunch of dad puns. That was yeah. basically that's what I did. Yeah. Well, I think that so you'll definitely see us on air a little bit less after Yojo June. Please keep in mind that, you know, when we get compared to the fan lines on Star Wars and Marvel and Transformers, our line is a lot smaller than theirs is. And there is definitely an expectation that when you see us, we will be pre-ordering and revealing some kind of new product. And we just, we our line isn't big enough yet to be able to do that with uh, that much frequency, which I mean, we're excited for it to eventually get to that point, but unfortunately it's not quite there. Um, so we will be doing... Um, We'll be at least doing some kind of live streaming events during Comic-Con next month. So I think that that will probably be one of the touch points. And then you'll probably see us on something before then, because we'll talk about the HasLab at some point, I would think. Um, let us, let's us get through this weekend first. You guys like went a lot faster on this project <laughs> than we thought. So we thought we'd have a little bit more time. So we're scrambling on the back end. Um, but in like a, the best way possible, please allow me to complain that you funded this too fast. And I like needed a little bit more time to write social copy or get social copy out. Um, so you'll definitely see us at Comic-Con, um, likely for a couple of things in the fall, at least. We'll have some touch points. So more information on that to come. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, Justin, do you want to ask a second question? Sure. I'd love to. Um, so you mentioned kind of, as you were talking about the HasLab, piss a little bit. Um, which ties into some other questions that I had about um, story. You mentioned this is kind of unveiling the GI Joe world, so to speak. Is there going to be an opportunity that we can read or you know visualize what this new GI Joe classified world is? Will there be story elements that are woven in any other media and any other formats beyond just some snippets on some packages here and there, especially the Cobra Island exclusives? Just curious kind of how that story is going to be told visually. Um, currently no plans on that, but we are always looking for kind of new ways to expand the brand and expand the story. So potentially stay tuned on that in the future. Mm. Great. Our photography, I think. Yeah, it's really the photography. It's really the photography that we're doing it through, right? So it's like we're creating a love letter to G.I. Joe, essentially we're classified. So through the photography, 
we create like a little narrative, like when Duke getting captured at Cobra Island and stuff like that. So, cool. All right, and uh, don't worry, y'all. You're not going to be in the same exact order as the first time around, Eric. I know you were second last time, so I'm going to pass it to you for your next question. But don't freak out if you're not in the same exact order as the first way through. Um, so we've got a question from like from our followers and from our listeners that's been pretty much the consistent question that they've asked. Um, the Joe team has many victories against logistic hardships since the launch of the classified line. Um, do you guys see a light at the end of the tunnel for any U.S.-based shipping delays? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, we're let me rephrase that. Shipping issues are still going to definitely be a thing, but what many people saw in the last couple of days is people started getting shipping notifications on Crockmaster and Fiona, on Storm Shadow, on Spirit, on the Cobra Officer. And so we are starting to see after a, what we will be happy to acknowledge as a, I mean, we're not happy to acknowledge any of it, but we will acknowledge a very long drought of G.I. Joe figures. And so now what you are seeing is basically there were six months of product delays. And so yeah. these were figures that, in a perfect world, would have come out in February, guys. Like, absolutely bonkers. But what that means is that now we have figures that would have come out in April that are kind of going to be shifting to more of an October time frame of this year. And so what you, there will not be another six months of no product like we saw in the spring. Now, basically, we're just backfilling fall with all of the spring products that was supposed to come out earlier this year. So again... We thank all of you for sticking with us. We want to emphasize we are not sitting on giant piles of G.I. Joe products like dragons garden, guarding like case pack boxes of figures. We are, we're shipping things out as fast as we can. Ultimately, it is up to retailers in order to distribute those as to their policies, but that we are working with everybody to move as fast as humanly possible and get figures into your hands. That's why we make toys. We want you to get to experience that happiness and that joy of playing with those figures. So again, thank you for sticking with us. We hope everybody gets a Crockmaster soon. <laughs> Hopefully. Cool. Uh, Fran, you are up. All right. I have tons of questions. I'm going to try to make them real easy for you to answer. Um, regarding the his tank, once we crush the four goals, because we're going to, it's going to the moon, <laughs> are you guys adding extra goals? And I would like to suggest the Baroness from number 75, the, the blue-toned, double blue-toned Baroness, it's probably out of the budget, but maybe it's a figure you can stick in there in the future. I cannot comment on this at this current time. Uh, there are currently no plans to add additional tiers, but we are we're always looking to see how we can potentially improve campaign. Okay, my other question is about San Diego Comic-Con. Is Sergeant Slaughter going to be available for purchase there? And will the his tank be on display? The his tank will be on display. Sergeant Slaughter will be going up for pre-order at Comic-Con. So he will not be available to purchase at on-site? No, we will. Uh, Whitney, am I allowed to comment on this? Yeah. Great. We will not be selling products on-site this year in the Hasbro Pulse Pool. Okay. So, we'll, so because of supply chain issues... We will be, uh, the majority of our items, I believe, will be pre-orders. But also, like, it's such a schlep to have to try to get all this stuff home, guys. Have it, order it online and have it shipped to your house. And then it'll just magically, you know, show up and you'll be excited. No more ticket line to get online. Exactly. Go to shipping to send it home. 
you got to love San Diego, though. It's beautiful. I enjoy going out there. And I love meeting the team and seeing things in person. It's just great. Yeah, we'll, uh, Emily and I will be there. So we'll yep. be showing, showing off the tank. This and will probably be Canada. a year that I miss, but next year I'll definitely be oh. out there. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And, and not, not to speak for the other brands, but is that just G.I. Joe that's not going to have anything for sale? Or is no Hasbro going to have anything for sale at Comic-Con? All we, Hasbro. Are, we are not doing a purchasing booth for Hasbro at Comic-Con this year. So it will be, all be online through Hasbro Pulse. Okay. Yes. You'll, and just to add, you'll be able to purchase. Yeah, but yeah. it'll just be all online. Thanks, Whitney. I got one last question for the Histank Hads Lab. Are the weapons racks removable? Can you take that out to add the figure for more room to get the figure in there? So currently in the model, it is. And we were looking at, so originally the build of the back was going to be, the weapon rack was going to be on the far wall. And we were going to put two jump seats. But what ended up happening was because of the scales of the figures, we actually used a bat because a bat's like a good, big, but not too big figure form. And it ended up being very cramped inside. And it was kind of getting becoming cattywampus to get the figures in and out of the his tank. So then it was rearranged to put the um, the, the rack on the side. Um, it may be, for engineering reasons, removable. Because I think it'll be easier, one, for people to put their weapons in and then pop it back in there. Because otherwise, taking your big old muffin hands, if you're me, and putting your accessories in there. So uh, we don't is have an answer space, yet. Is there a space for two seats, though, Lenny? Um, actually, no, because of the turret cup. Or the oh, turret of course. Stand. Right. Right. You wouldn't be able to get them in and out. It's it's It fits the one figure comfortably. If we were to put more in there, it would have got messy. Mark tried though very very hard, but it got it got it got wonky. Thank you very much. I have more questions, but I know other people have them. So, thank you very much for letting me ask a few questions. Thanks. Cool. Thank you, uh, James. You're up. Uh, follow up on uh, something about the HasLab program. Now that you guys have found this like kind of sweet spot with the price and features and everything that you can get going, and Emily, you mentioned some smaller vehicles potentially um is what kind of potential is there for hasbro to kind of increase the frequency of haslab um for smaller projects for smaller items um is that something looking ahead that might be possible where it's not like a a huge you know bank breaking project but if you are doing smaller ones you could get more of them more frequently so that's an interesting question. So one of the things that we were thinking about in terms of Haslabs is there's really kind of two different ways to do Haslabs. So you have like your Galactus or your Razor Crest that are these one really big, exciting thing. And then you have kind of like little fiddly bit unlocks that go with it. Or you have these items that are more kind of collection assortments. And so that's really how we were viewing the Sky Striker was as more of a collection it came with. Geez, seven O-ring figures, is that what we were up to? It came with the stand, it came with the vehicles, it came with all of all of the stuff. And so it wasn't just necessarily like when I'm carrying this hat, this his tank gray model around right now, it is a giant tank and one dude. When I would carry my Sky Striker around, it was a Sky Striker plane and a giant bag of all of the accessories that it came with because I couldn't possibly hold it all in my hands. And so I think that it's it's an interesting 
way to kind of look at, you know, what necessarily makes up a collection HasLab versus what kind of smaller things could we just do individually on their own. And I think that that is something that is definitely, we are still kind of exploring as a company for how how the difference between those two things works and what fans will feel is really exciting and a good value proposition for them. Because we really want to make sure that you all feel like this is, this is something worth investing in. We want you to get excited about it. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom and pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Yeah, Matt. Uh, how and when do we find out about the remaining stretch goals? Solid question. After we unlock them. So as we go through... Um, we will be basically updating the, um, the website and social with information about those new unlocks. I know we hit one this morning. We're a little bit behind schedule. Our wonderful social human was um, preoccupied with another project for this morning. So he is working on getting those up. Um, so they oh, we'll work on him for end of day. How does that sound? You're not going to just whisper it in our ear. No, I will not because he'll be very disappointed in me. So, um, but I think that you'll be excited when you see them. But the plan is, so we're not going to like, if we hit 14,000 backers tomorrow or whatever, we're not going to make you wait four weeks for the last unlocked year. Like that would just be mean. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Matt, you are up if you have another question. Uh, Yeah, just a quick one. One, I just want to say that cattywampus should be used more often. Uh, in <laughs> everyday vernacular, it is a fantastic word. Uh, to you know, in my particular uh, storyline, if you will, uh, Sergeant Slaughter is totally going to steal the his tank. So, if I so want to put him in it, does he fit? Even if I had to remove a hat, do I like if I have to remove a hat, I just want to make sure he fits so I can the story I, I, can play out properly? I'm pretty sure he does because uh, Slaughter and Roadblock are similar heights, Perfect. so but yeah. That's me. Yes. I don't think with his hat on, though. Oh, okay. That's cool. He can totally take off the hat. Respect yeah. the tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, uh, if you have another question. Uh, yeah. In the video you two superstars appeared in at the screenings, um, you guys mentioned that by the end, I think you said the end of 2023, there's going to be 100 classified G.I. Joe figures. Um, does that mean that we're going to see a big uptick, maybe not before the end of the year, but starting in 2023 in more quarterly releases? Or does that mean that we're just going to get like bigger since we're getting six figures per wave now, it's just going to add up quicker? Uh, a little bit of both. As a clarifier, five figures per wave on class. Oh, I'm sorry, five figures. Oh, I'm sorry. Just yeah. wanted to make sure nobody was disappointed, but it's it's a little bit of both. So it'll both add up quicker but also there are just more figures as the, as we kind of uh, age, I guess, as, as the line gets a little bit older, we keep uh, 
people are responding really positively to the line. And so we are being given allowances to make our line bigger and bigger, which is amazing. And so it's, I think that it's really exciting that it'll be kind of a combo of both, but more figures just overall, I guess. And it's not necessarily that there will only be a hundred figures by the end of 2020, but that sometime in 2023, we will be hitting the hundredth classified figure. Okay. Um, and lastly, is there any way you could just kind of whisper what the box numbers will be on the his tank driver and the, and the other figure? No. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> but you, I bet you might be able to guess. <laughs> it's something that will make you say, ooh, she crafty. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Brad, you're up. Hey, you. Um, so obviously the, the his tank is a hit. I think you everyone should be probably pretty happy with how quickly it uh, hit its goal and the enthusiastic response. Um, Is there, are you already maybe rethinking things or or taking that feedback in and kind of being like, Oh, this, this actually opens up a lot and because it's gone so well. I'm so sorry. Can you repeat the first part of that sentence again? Yeah. So basically, I mean, since the his tank has has done so well uh, in the day it's been out, I mean, are you already maybe like reevaluating or rethinking future plans based off of like that feedback that it's it's clearly a wanted uh project and and people are, are digging the HasLab. i think that it's so it's been really interesting because we know that classified series is a hit and a lot of people have i mean hasbro also knows that classified series is a hit but this is a a really definitive data point that we can take to senior leaders at hasbro and go look, man, we've been telling you that everybody loves classified series, but did you, did you just see what this team did and what this community did? Because, oh my goodness, this is untapped potential and we should really just be given free reign to do literally whatever we want. They'll never let us do that. But I think that it is (laughs) really nice to have that data point to be able to say, we set records with officially, we have a, I jumped the gun yesterday. I said that it was, but I mean, I had a guess, but the Pulse team has officially vetted that it is the fastest funded HasLab of all time. And so to be able to take that to our leadership teams and say that, I think is it's an amazing statistic for us because it says the appetite is here. We need to continue doing things like this and we need to continue pushing the envelope on what we can do on G.I. Joe, which is amazing. They were going to let us do it anyway, but this will just be like, they'll be extra excited about it now. Well, it, it creates and it creates internal PR, like at any company, right? Like when there's a success, you, you, you learn from those successes, just like you learn from your losses. So I think as we see this success, I think people internally start feeling the buzz, you know? All right. So, um, I mean, once again, thank you guys for inviting me. It's, Phenomenal to get to be here with all these awesome, incredible people that are involved in this community. Um, before I ask the question, let me just say, I am a convert of the classified line. So thank you guys for what you've done. I was not a Joe fan until that double zero snake eyes came out and fell in love and then have followed the line since then. So thank you. Wow. Um, it, it, the, the other co-host of our show has been a Joe fan for his life. So it's been a really fun adventure getting to learn. And um, you guys have been doing a phenomenal job. So uh, with the success of bringing back O-rings, kind of going back, seeing the Stinger released and announced, um, with the success of the O-rings, are there any plans to revisit um, four-inch modern scale or even we've got the 60th anniversary of 12-inch coming up? Are there any plans to 
maybe branch out and hit even a specialty figure in those scales? Um, come back to me on that one. We are, we're still trying to figure out exactly what we're doing with the line in terms of future kind of things that we'll be able to celebrate. I come back to me on that. That was, I, I'm sorry. I don't have a better answer at this point, but eventually I will have a better answer for that. It's fine. We'll get your fashion brand. You know, if you, if we can get that 12 inch, then you can get your shoes. Perfect. Your- then you get your little outfit. <laughs> yeah, I want, exactly. one of my big dreams when I was on Power Rangers was I wanted an astronomer doll that had all of the different wigs that you could put on her. And I she felt was, like that would have been a really solid use of Power Rangers time and money. Um, but we figured out wigs on GI Joe. So, so yeah. Lady J was perfect with her different swappable hair and heads. Yeah. So even if it's unclassified, we'll, we can get it working. Yeah. Um, but with the O-ring line, uh, Lenny, and obviously it started really strong with the HasLab Sky Striker. Mm-hmm. Um, the release have been quite minimal, like, you know, not as many releases. Is uh, Are you guys looking at maybe increasing the release um, on the O-ring line at all? Like, Because um, I'm thinking, like, I kind of want to get to, like, you know, Pythona or, oh, you know, un- yeah. unreleased kind of stuff like Ninja Commandos yeah, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so we're still trying to figure out the release cadence for O-ring. That will be another one that we'll come back to you on. No worries. I just wanted to kind of yeah make sure I put it out there. All right. On that note, thank you everybody so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And again, really want to say thank you again to everybody in the community who has backed the his tank. Like this is a it is a truly record-setting moment for HasLabs at Hasbro and the GI Joe community. And so we are so, so, so thankful to be part of a team that gets to make products for such amazing fans. And this truly, truly has been a multiple team effort to make this really come to life. And we think that all of you are going to be really, really excited. Yeah, the, the funding, you guys definitely made the funding moment less like, uh, you know, when you watch the movies and NASA's like counting down for the rocket to go up and then the rocket goes up and there might be a problem and then everybody's feeling like oh my god what have we done um you made it feel like oh my god what do we what have we done <laughs> so thank you thank you and thank the community it's uh, been been awesome thank you dear listener for hanging out with us today subscribe rate and review us wherever you listen and then tell your friends to do it Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 